Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good morning. Becoming Eva fans, and welcome to episode 211. Today, we are talking about building trust and intimacy. How are you doing this week, Maya? I'm good. I'm good. It feels like it's been like a very long week. I mean, between daylight savings and, you know, the whole waiting game that we're in regarding the presidential elections, it's been a long week. Like, I remember, I think it was Wednesday, and I was like, why does it feel like Friday? Like it needs to be Friday, at least Thursday, something like it was just <laughs> a long week. It just kept creeping on and on and on. So, but yeah, other than that, it's been a good week. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that so far things have been going fairly civil and, um, you know, pray they continue to remain civil. So, yeah. But how about you? How's your week been? My week has been very, very full um, Mm -hmm. from catching up with work since we had the power outage. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get internet back until Monday afternoon. Oh, wow. So so it was a lot to catch up on for work. Um, And then, of course, I had an ultrasound. And uh, I guess the ultrasound tech did something special and showed me, like, the 4D ultrasound of what he looked like. Um, without me asking so that was pretty cool to see you know more physical features of what he's gonna look like when he comes out and then of course uh, this has been a week of CNN and Fox and politics yes yes (laughs) definitely so it's been very interesting uh, watching and looking at memes on social media (laughs) me me and Ryan have been cracking up about the meme with all this uh president trump and you know vice president joe biden and oh my goodness it's been hilarious i cannot wait for saturday night live tonight (laughs) oh that's right that's right and dave Chappelle is hosting yes that's what's up so be funny what do you think about everything that's going on with the elections well i think all the votes are counting. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that mm-hmm. they continue to count all the votes. Mm-hmm. And watching both of them speak, it seems like Trump is getting angry and upset. Mm-hmm. And he kind of seems like a sore loser. Like, I can't even imagine him ever playing sports because he just looks like he doesn't know how to handle losing. <laughs> and <laughs> I always played on like the underdog team and it would make make me so happy when we would beat those teams that we weren't supposed to beat. And Mm so Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. see Trump as like the sore loser. And I remember just feeling so happy when we we would beat those like undefeated teams Mm -hmm. and they would have like a sour face and we would just be excited. And so I kind of get the same feeling with Trump. Like he just looks like he can't handle it. Like he doesn't know what to do. It's so funny. (laughs) It's rough. But to your point, I'm very glad every vote is being counted. I mean, that was my prayer leading up to this, that, that it would just be a fair election, you know, regardless of who wins, regardless of who loses, every vote is counted and that, um, you know, that it's, it's a, a fair decision that we come to. And so I feel like the states are doing their due diligence in, in just that, making sure every vote counts. I don't think anybody realized how many mail-in ballots there would be, but I mean, keep in mind, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So, right. you know, that was honestly probably the smartest way to vote. Um, but of course, you know, I don't think people realized how many people would go that route and, uh, and because of that, how time consuming it would be to tally all of those votes as well. But again, I'm glad we're doing our due diligence. I'm glad we're making sure that every vote is counted before we come to a decision. So, Hey, we'll see. And I feel like this, this election, they were really pushing 
the mail in ballots. I kept getting um, mail in regards to how to request an absentee ballot. I mailed my ballot in, of course. I wasn't going out to the polls being pregnant and risking my health. <laughs> but um, I felt like it was more, I guess, information about how to do it. Uh, present it to people it was a fairly easy process yeah yeah to mailing your ballot so yeah. maybe that's why there's so many as well I hope yeah I hope and it seems like it seems like that is why so I'm I'm just glad I'm glad they're making everyone count every every ballot count so hopefully this time next week we'll have a definitive winner um but I yeah Part of me feels like if Biden is named the official winner that, you know, of course, President Trump is going to do everything he can to, you know, have things investigated, have things recounted. And in my mind, honestly, I could really, if if it does go that route, I could honestly see this being dragged out all the way to the beginning of 2021. Like, I mean, I, I literally could see every stop being pulled to the point where it's like, are we going to have an inauguration? <laughs> like, you know, so all that to say, I pray it doesn't go that route, but we'll see. We'll see. So my prayer continues to be help us to be civil as we're doing our due diligence and as yes. we're working to make sure that every vote is counted and that these are fair elections. So we'll see. America, we will see. <laughs> yes. So what are we talking about this week, Toya? How do you define trust? All right, all right, all right. This is a great time to be talking about trust because I feel like right now, like nobody really trusts anybody. You know, we definitely, <laughs> uh, from a political side, Republicans aren't trusting Democrats and Democrats aren't trusting Republicans. And then you have all the way down to friends and family that are like, you know, avid supporters of one party versus the other that aren't really trusting one another, which is really scary because I know my husband and I were talking about that this week where he was like, gosh, like, you know, he was like family members are like turning away from each other over this election. And in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, I don't understand why, because at the end of the day, your family's going to do more for you than a president ever will. Just real talk. Like yeah, you can pass a bill, you can pass a law, you know, and it might impact you in some way, shape or form, but your family is the one that's going to be there to make sure, or should be the one that's there to make sure you have a roof over your head, you have food in your stomach, you have clothes on your back. Like, so why, like, why are we turning on each other over a president that may not even know your name? They probably don't know your name. So all that to say, <laughs> <sighs> Building trust is very important. So how do you define trust? Like, how, how would you define it? I would define it as being able to believe in someone's word. Mm. And that can go with friends, mm -hmm. with your spouse. Mm -hmm. When someone tells you they're going to do something, um, then you expect that they're going to do it. Yeah. That's the way that I define trust is yeah. actually believing in someone's word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would agree. I mean, I think trust is important because you want to make sure that you have somebody that you can lean on, somebody that you can depend on, somebody that you can count on whether things are going good or whether they're going bad, somebody that's going to be consistent, somebody that's going to be a constant for you. And so um, that's how I would define trust as well. And then, of course, why do we think trust is so important in relationships? And I say, when I say relationships, I'm thinking, you know, from a friend, family member, all the way up to a significant other or a spouse, like why is trust and so important in relationships i think for our friends i think you have to have trust in your friendship relationships because once again you want to be able to talk to your friends and not think that what you say is going to be repeated elsewhere mm -hmm. um, you want to have people that you can be vulnerable vulnerable with and feel safe with that person mm -hmm. and then that applies the same in a marriage or a significant other um you you have to have trust in order to have an effective relationship if you don't trust mm -hmm. then what's the point of you guys being together that's the truth that is the truth like you're gonna need somebody that you can count on you know um and so and that that is in any 
relationship. I know oftentimes we think about like, well, I got me, you know, or even if you, you know, so you're a super Christian, me and Jesus, but <laughs> you need relationships in this life. Like you need people to walk through this life with you in order. And in order for that to be the case, you have to have people that you can count on people that you can call up and say, Hey, you know, I need help or, or that you can be vulnerable with that you were talking about. Um, and, and we'll kind of delve into that whole aspect a little bit later, but it's a foundation for that. If you know somebody is there, then it, it helps you to feel more open with them and to be more open with them because you know, they're not going anywhere. If you, if you show your flaws, if you, you know, show an ugly side of you or a side of you that nobody else really sees, you know, they, they're not necessarily going anywhere, but they'll still be there to walk you through, walk through life with you and to support you along the way. So I think that's really, really good. Um, so I guess, Hmm. Trust is one of those things where I feel like certain levels of trust need to be earned. Um, it's not something that I freely give to any and everyone. I try to give any and everyone the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, I feel like um, for my closer relationships, you have to earn that trust. And when I say earn that trust, it, it starts with like what you were saying, keeping your word, being a person of your word. So I pay attention to very early on in relationships. And again, this could be any type of relationship. This could be a friendship relationship. This could even be a working relationship when you're looking at, you know, um, what type of business you, you run or, or want to run and the type of people you want to do business with. Do they keep their words? So I pay attention to if somebody says they're going to do something, do they actually do it? I pay attention to like time. If somebody says they're going to be a certain place at a certain time, are they going to be there? So those are all really important things to me. But based on the information, like how can we exercise wisdom as we're building trust in relationships? You know? Well, first with the friendships, <laughs> Before I befriend someone, someone told me that if someone will talk about you, uh, talk to you about someone else, then they'll most likely talk about you. Mm. So you have to be um, careful. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I try to be a very observant uh, mm -hmm. person when I'm getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. I'm very quiet. I mm -hmm. listen to the types of things that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I make the decision if I want to open up mm -hmm. to that person and befriend them. But I definitely exercise wisdom mm -hmm. when it comes to my circle, my inner circle of mm -hmm. friends. Like I would rather just have a couple of good friends yeah. than a whole bunch of friends and don't know who I can trust, don't know who's talking about me. Um, in a marriage, it's very important as well um, to exercise that wisdom. And like you said, you earn that wisdom because you're sharing so much in a marriage. You share um, you know, your finances, your goals, your dreams. You share your body with that person and you have to have a sense of security mm -hmm. and it takes time to build that trust yeah. and learn one another. Yeah. So that's really good. I, and honestly, I think you kind of did give an example of an exercise, which I know to be true in friendship, especially because when I first met you, Toya, you were super quiet. You were like, you know, very much kept to yourself. And, um, when you, I mean, when you came on the scene, I was like, who, who is this girl, you know? And it took a while to really get to know you. Um, but after hearing you say that, and even after being your friend for some years now, I realized that you do, you're observing, you're taking in information and trying to figure out, is this someone that I want to be friends with? Is this somebody that I do actually trust? And so um, that observing piece, I think is really important, like really paying attention to how people treat others. And, um, you know, because it is uh, an indication of how they will treat you. So that's a very good tip. Very good. <laughs> Woo! You had to bring up how I, how I am, huh? What? Example. <laughs> but you're standing there. I'm just I, know, I witnessed not... it firsthand. I witnessed it, so... <laughs> 
sometimes people say I appear to be stuck up or whatever. So I just wonder if it's kind of, if I'm giving off that vibe because I'm so quiet initially. I, and I'm an introvert too. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the same time. So I'm not super talkative when, you know, going to parties, hanging yeah. out with a big group of people. Yeah. I'm usually the last person to say mm-hmm. anything, jump mm-hmm. in the conversation. Even though mm-hmm. I might have thoughts about it, I'm just not, mm-hmm. you know, super outspoken. Gotcha. 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 Okay. That makes sense. So let's talk about trust being broken. So what causes trust to be broken in a relationship? Lying. That is the biggest (laughs) thing. Number one. I I cannot stand a liar. Like don't lie to me. Be truthful. Even if it's going to hurt me. Um, Hiding things like keeping secrets. Um, maybe hiding secret financial accounts um, could break some trust in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think. Uh, so those are some ways it could be broken. It's not just lying, but it's also uh, what some people say, um, omitting or or hiding certain pieces of information where, because, you know, you hear that argument where they'd be like, well, I didn't necessarily lie. I just didn't tell you. And it was like, okay, well, depending on what type of relationship you're in, especially if you're in a marriage, like that's just as bad. Like I want to know everything. So, but, but here's a question because sometimes in marriages, even people say, I don't necessarily need to know everything about a person's past. I just need to know, you know, about their present and that they're, they're, they're honest and they're faithful in the regarding present circumstances. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I kind of have a mixed opinion on that. Like, even when people talk about like past, um, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends or, you know, just past situations, like, do you feel like you have to know everything about a person's past if you're in, um, you know, a romantic relationship with them? think you necessarily need to know every nitty gritty detail about mm-hmm. their past because their past is their past and they mm-hmm. may they may have made mistakes um in their past but I think you have to kind of look at the person as they are and not really judge them you know on their past yeah. you may know like hey he had x amount of girlfriends or whatever but I know mm-hmm. he's he's a virgin or whatever so all that other stuff doesn't really matter like yeah. I don't want to know uh who was your first kiss and <laughs> you know I want to know all the yeah. nitty-gritty details I think some of that stuff is really unnecessary yeah. a little immature yeah. um you know once you get married or once you're committed to that person all that other stuff really doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think about, I mean, the the details is one thing, but I do want to know how many people you've been with in your past, if you have been with somebody sexually, or even if it's, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends, like I I would want to know like how many girlfriends you had, you know, prior to me and when your last one was, because- that's important too because it shows me like what type of cycles what type of relationship cycles you may have or be dealing with you know um and I think it's important to have some time between relationships honestly um so I to your point I agree I may not need to know all the details but but I do need to know certain things and and I will say this I think it's important for whoever you're in a romantic relationship with to be willing to share that information once the relationship gets to a certain point, like definitely once you're exclusive and once it's been made clear, hey, I'm interested in pursuing you for a long-term relationship, you know, um, I think there should be a freedom to be able to ask those types of questions. Even if in the moment it might be, I'm not ready to share that yet. I think you should be honest enough to say that. And then, you know, preferably you will be comfortable, you know, soon or at some point saying that sharing whatever needs to be shared, but there should be a freedom to have those types of conversations. 
and on a freedom to ask the question and then a freedom to be honest and answer it as far as whether or not you feel comfortable answering it in that moment, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And so, and that, that too, um, kind of goes back to the whole tell the truth thing, like be honest. And, and when I say be honest, even if it's like, I don't feel comfortable sharing it, at least you're being honest and saying, I don't feel comfortable sharing it instead of just saying, you know, lying or saying nothing at all or you know shutting down and becoming angry and defensive like those are all different things that I look at when we're talking about building trust so as far as breaking trust we talked about not telling the truth not being forthright you know um omitting things um I'm trying to think of other things that um would cause trust to be broken in relationships uh i would say absence i feel like you know if i haven't seen you or heard from you in a while and then you pop up out of the blue like everything is okay or like you know what's going on and you really don't you know like i i appreciate and maybe that goes with consistency like consistency is what or lack of consistency is what can break trust in a relationship for me like and it doesn't mean i need to talk to you every day i'm not that type of person but if it's if you know even if it's a text or um a, a phone call or you know what what have you a card or something saying hey i'm thinking about you i hope you're doing well you know and then of course if you're in a romantic relationship it should be more frequent but if we're friends, if you call me a friend, like I would love to hear from you a little mm -hmm. more frequently, you know, um, and, and, and I'm putting myself on, on, <laughs> on blast regarding this as well, because I know I have some really good long-term friends where we may talk quarterly. Um, we may even talk like talk, talk, annually even it doesn't mean that i'm not you know commenting on posts or texting or what have you but like as far as like less like really connect connect it may be some spaces and gaps between there but at the end of the day you know that i'm there and i know that you're there so just some type of consistency you know yeah. so i think that's important too um so are there any um anything or stories or relationships that you want to share where trust may have been broken and and like what that looked like and how how you have how you had to take steps to rebuild it i do have a, a situation that occurred about the trust aspect mm -hmm. um with my previous boyfriend before mm -hmm. i met ryan of course mm -hmm. And there were just red flags that I was noticing. Mm -hmm. And I guess when, when I confronted him on some of my concerns and issues, mm -hmm. he's very, very defensive about it. He would, at the beginning of our relationship, like, you know, we could just leave our phones whatever, wherever. Mm -hmm. But then I started to notice how he would kind of hide um his phone and who he was texting and mm -hmm. all kinds of times like super late at night and i was like why do you have to go into another room to talk on the phone like yeah. just different red flags yeah that i was beginning to notice and see and he was not truthful with you know the reasons mm -hmm. and we ended up breaking up which was kind of how I, I know my first book is about the one who restores, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of how it's, it became physical that night mm -hmm. um, when I was like, we probably just need to separate from each other because obviously, you know, I, I'm not trusting you. Um, you know, there's something going on and I'm not quite sure. And he got upset and that was the first time he had put his hands on me. Um, but I think he was just angry about the situation. Yeah. And then, you know, after, you know, he tried to choke me and um, he went out into his car and he sat out in his car for a while. And I was looking around my house, gathering things of his that was in my house. And I put it on the front porch and 
um, you know, I saw him still sitting in his car in my driveway and I went out there and I was like, before you leave, make sure you get your, your stuff mm-hmm. off of my front porch. And so he got out the car. I was walking behind him. I was, um, they were concrete steps to the front porch and mm-hmm. I was standing right behind him. And uh, that's when he was like, why did you touch my stuff? And he, he you know, pushed me down the concrete steps. Um, but before that, he was like, you can look at my phone now, but I know that he was you know, in his car, you know, like deleting stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, it's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. I'm yeah. done, done. So yeah, that's, that's where I guess the most recent example that I can think of when my, when trust was broken mm-hmm. and how things played out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whew. Good Lord. I would say for me, um, relationally, I haven't necessarily had trust broken like that. Um, in some cases it wasn't built <laughs> or it wasn't built to a point where, where I would, you know, feel like, Oh God, that really hurt me. But, but in one instance that I'm thinking of, it actually had to do with my last church situation. And I had been on staff for 10 years and, um, you know, pretty much grew up in that church, started going there when I was in college and, um, went on staff after I had graduated from college and was serving in ministry full-time for about 10 years. Chris and I met and got married through that ministry um, and were both, you know, faithful members and and people that served um, consistently there. And I would say trust was broken because our pastor dealt with infidelity. And for me, it wasn't necessarily the sin as much as it was you lying about the sin or you denying the sin. And um, the years prior to, um, for about five years, four or five years prior to us actually making this the, the decision to transition, there were several rumors that were circulating. Um, there was actually um, an issue of infidelity that had surfaced in the church. So everybody knew about that situation, but everybody thought, that our pastor was on the path to restoration and healing. And we, you know, did our best to support him in that path and, um, you know, to not judge, to be there, to keep the ministry going, all of that stuff. Um, But even in the midst of that, there were still rumors swirling that there were other women, there were, you know, this wasn't his first time, this wouldn't be his last time, there were still things going on, all kinds of stuff. And we defended, like, you know, that's not true, or what happened in the past is in the past, you know, he's on a different journey now, all of that. And so the year that we did decide to um, finally transition, another relationship surfaced, and it was a relationship that um, he had been confronted about multiple times and denied multiple times. So um, that was the frustrating piece for me, because I was like, it's one thing to fall into sin, to, to struggle with sin, but it's another thing to deny that you're struggling in sin um, and to actually, to the point, be offended that people would even suggest that you're still struggling with sin. And so that was really hard for me because while I was a part of that ministry, I had, you know, I had lost both of my parents um, during that time and was serving pretty much in, in the office of the pastor and his first and, and the first lady. So his wife, so I um, was very close to them. Like they were like, really like my spiritual parents, you know, and to this day, I still have a a deep love for them. Um, But it was very, very hard to be that close to that scenario and feel like you literally lied to my face and literally had me, you know, on a platform in front of people, you know, um, supporting you and uh, defending you when in actuality you were still doing dirt. And so that was really hard for me. And I didn't realize how hard it was until um, after we officially transitioned from the church. It took us three years to um, find, I won't even say to find another church because we could have, the church that we ended up joining, we visited actually that following year, but we just weren't 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually ready to commit. And, you know, and a lot of people I've heard this before where like when you when you join a church, it is like, you know, entering a relationship <laughs> because you are giving your time, you're giving your energy, you're giving your money, you're giving yourself to that ministry and supporting that ministry. And so it took a long time for us to feel comfortable enough to make that commitment again. And we had to acknowledge like, hey, I'm dealing with church hurt. I'm dealing with, you know, I, I joke and say I deal with PTSD, but I really do deal with PTSD when it comes to church and serving in ministry and all of that, because I feel like I was so, I was in so deep that, you know, it was hard for me to um, see clearly when things were not going the way they were supposed to be going. And um, because of that, I have a tendency at times to not trust. And if I'm honest, even now, I think I have a tendency to not trust um, certain types of pastors, certain types of ministries. Um, you know, if you look a certain way, if you sound a certain way, if you present yourself a certain way, it almost triggers that previous ministry. And it makes me not want to associate with you or to be associated with you. Um, even when we were looking for a new church, you know, there were a lot of um, ministries that were birthed out of that church um, that are awesome, incredible ministries. But I think from my husband and I, we were like, I just don't want anything that even resembles what we left. Not because it was all bad. I mean, it was an incredible ministry, but because I think for us, a lot of things are still very triggering. So we needed something completely different, completely new, um, where we could honestly, <laughs> I would, I would, uh, you know, my running joke was I want to go where, you know, nobody knows my name, but they're glad I came because <laughs> I needed to hide for a minute. I needed to be obscure for a minute, um, where I could just heal, where I could just sit and let the word of God wash over me with no expectations and no, um, yeah, no, nobody was requesting anything of me. I just needed to heal in that moment. So it has taken some time. I mean, literally, we're just now at a point where we're like, I think that I can start serving again, but it has taken some time because we just needed to heal. And so I think for me, that's probably the biggest example of trust being broken. And even going as far to say, like, I was embarrassed too. Like, I was embarrassed that I had been duped. And so, you know, there were people from the ministry that I would, you know, try to hide from or avoid having conversations with because I was very, very close to them, to the pastor and his wife. So I didn't, I, I felt like, you know, how, how could I have been, you know, duped the way I was and how are people perceiving me because I was so close to them. So it was just a lot, man, like a lot and still is a lot, but um, for me, that probably stands out as the, the greatest example of when trust was broken for me. Wow. Church hurt is real. Yes, it is. I'm so sorry you went through all of that. Me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, but God is faithful. And I can honestly say I'm grateful that my relationship with God is still intact. Um, because honestly, you know, the sad thing is I've seen people um, that were a part of that ministry with us that are no longer following Christ. And that's very hard for me to see because it's like, you know, we, we served in ministry together. We, we prayed and fasted together. We believed God for one another. And to see that you're no longer on that path for whatever, for whatever reason is, is, is disheartening at times, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a journey and I always am really compassionate with people that, um, have experienced church hurt and that are leery of churches and are leery of pastors, but I always am quick to tell people nobody is perfect. Um, and that's in whatever, whatever relationship you're in, but the key for me, um, has, and will always be just be honest. If you're struggling with something, if you're dealing with something, if you have struggled with something, if you have dealt with something, just be honest because a lot of um, a lot of people will be more receptive of you and supportive of you if they just 
know like hey this is what you're dealing with instead of just trying to act like everything's okay all the time because we already know for a fact that's not true in our lives so why would we expect it to be true in anybody else's life you know so but i i learned a lot of important lessons during that time i'm still learning a lot of important lessons during that time and um really consider it um you know just an area where i have gained much more compassion um, for people that are in leadership as well as people that have experienced church hurt because mm-hmm. all of that's real all of that yeah. so in order to rebuild trust mm. it's definitely a one day at a time situation and i know with my example of rebuilding trust it was a little bit different because as you know from my book, um, I did not get the opportunity to rebuild trust with my ex because he very shortly afterwards passed away in a car accident. But I knew that I could not take that baggage with me um, with the next relationship, which was now my current husband, right? My one and only Ryan Moore. So I knew I had to really get rid of all those feelings and hurt that I felt. And I could not make Ryan pay for the mistakes that someone else had made in my life. So I definitely had to spend some time with God and rebuilding myself up Uh, before getting into another relationship so it could be a new start afresh and not carry that weight and that baggage Mm -hmm. um, with me. That's very good. That's very good that you took that time first and foremost for yourself. And like you said, you knew it was a possibility of you potentially trying to make the next person that you were in a relationship with pay for those mistakes. So you had to do the work on the front end. That's so good because I think a lot of people think one relationship can automatically heal the previous and only God can do that, first and foremost. Only God can do that. And you have to give space and time for God to do just that with just you, not with that person in the mix. So right. good. I also want to talk about people that need to rebuild trust in an existing relationship they're in. Maybe they did experience infidelity or maybe they did just experience, you know, having a significant other who was lying constantly or, you know, just um, not being forthright or hiding things from them. Um, and I'm reminded of, there was a quote that a um, pastor shared recently, he was talking about relationships and he actually had, has dealt with infidelity in his, in his marriage um, to his wife and you know, has had to take steps of, of rebuilding that trust. He said, trust is lost in buckets and earned in drops. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Because literally one mistake, like one um, you know, indiscretion can literally throw out all the trust that has been earned for years because it's just that painful. And we can't be upset with that. We have to embrace the journey and say, okay, if we're, if we're committed to this relationship and we're committed to rebuilding the trust in that relationship, then we have to accept that it's going to be a journey. It's going to take some time. Now, it doesn't mean that you are constantly beating that person over the head with the mistakes that they've made and constantly reminding them of the trust that they have lost, but you're giving them an opportunity to rebuild that trust step by step and day by day. And it does require consistency because you want to make sure that this person is not going to make that same mistake again, you know? And so um, it's, it's very, it's, it's very important, I think, to point that out. Like it takes time to rebuild trust. It really, really does. So it does. Yeah. Good stuff. And sometimes you might need some outside help, like marriage counseling, some type of therapy, like you might need, you know, an outside force to come in and, and help you with a different perspective to help you guys through rebuilding that trust back because it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good point. Anything else we want to talk about trust before we go into intimacy? 
No, we can move on to intimacy. All right. All right. And I feel like, honestly, this um, section is kind of a precursor to next week's uh, episode, which we'll get into. But yes. Okay. So intimacy, building intimacy. How would you define intimacy? I define it as closeness. So even when I think about my relationship with God, I'm always striving Um, to have a more intimate relationship with God because I want to stay close to God. But Mm -hmm. even when I think about a marriage, intimacy is still described as much the same way. It's a a oneness. It's a closeness Mm -hmm. with that person. And it's developed by the more time you spend with that person. So that's how I, I define intimacy. That's true. And of course, you know, I'm a wordsmith. I love playing with words and meaning. So I always think of intimacy, breaking it down as to into me see, like you're allowing someone to see into you, your most inward parts, your most um, private parts and and, and personal parts, you know, Um, really being able to peel away those layers and open up you know, who you are, you know, um, emotionally, mentally, um, of course, physically as well, if you're in a a marital relationship, but yeah, like really being able to open up and let people see who you are on the inside, not just who you present yourself to be on a day-to-day basis. So really important. Um, Would you say trust is necessary for intimacy? I definitely think so. I think you have to have trust initially to even begin to try to have any type of intimacy with the person. You no. can't fully be intimate with someone if you don't fully trust them. That's true. I don't I don't see how it would, would work without the other. Yeah. Um, you, you just can't be open with them if you don't trust them. Yeah. And if you're not open, how are they getting close to you? Mm -hmm. And I think that's for any relationship, whether you're talking about a a friendship, you know, a family member or, you know, your significant other, your spouse, like, I think trust has to be the foundation for intimacy, because I'm not going to open up and share, you know, um, you know, my inner inner thoughts and inner feelings, unless I know you're going to be there, unless I know you're not going to dip out on me and leave and be ghosts all of a sudden, like, I need to know that you have that we have a track record before I begin to like share parts of me with you so very very important yes I think intimacy is so important in all relationships and I know I said earlier even with friends like I don't want superficial friendship relationships Mm. that's not very satisfying to me like Mm -hmm. I don't want a whole bunch of like associates I want intimate inner circle friends and I would rather have a few close friends than a bunch of just superficial friends um because it's just not fulfilling to me like you know like what what why why are we doing this like what's the Mm -hmm. point like if if I'm not trusting you and being fully transparent with you then what's the point we're just hanging out going shopping going to the movies you're like what's the point it's not fulfilling yeah that's I mean that's an important important point to make because I feel like that in- intimacy probably is like the line between having associates versus having friends you know what I mean like an associate is somebody who you know um but an intimate uh, a friend is someone that you're able to be vulnerable and transparent with that you're able to foster intimacy with you know and who can say that they really have friends if that is the definition because I mean it's certainly not based on social media I mean people have thousands of friends according to social media but at the end of the day who do you have in your life that you can really be vulnerable and transparent with you know um and I I say I say that you need to have someone in your life that you're vulnerable and transparent with um, because we can't go through this life alone. We're not meant to go through this life alone. And you need to have people in your life that can support you, that can encourage you beyond 
whatever representative you're putting forward. You know, life, life is hard. We go through incredible highs and incredible lows. And it's important to have people in your life that um, can encourage you and support you through those highs and through those lows, you know. Um, so I say intimacy is really important for those relationships because you want to make sure that you're supported. You want to make sure that you're loved unconditionally, like that you have people in your life that you can show the good, bad, and ugly to. And not even that they're going to let you stay in your mess, but they are going to challenge and encourage you out of it, you know, when you need to be. So just really important to have people like that in your life. So very, very good. Yes. I also think for developing that intimacy in relationships can be a little difficult when you add on a spouse and kids and a career because you have to spend time with other people or your friends in order to continue to um, develop that intimacy. So being able to schedule in time with those friends is very, very crucial in order to uh, continue to develop the intimacy uh, with your friends. Um, and both participants, like you said, have to be fully transparent, yeah. fully trusting in one another um, in order to develop that intimacy. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of goes into what could make it difficult. Like you were saying, time, um, of course, trust, whether or not there's trust, you know, and then there's always going to be that element of you stepping out and taking a risk, you know, it is, it does require you to take a risk to be intimate in relationships. And I always have to remind myself when I am taking that step and being intimate in a relationship, um, you know, I'm trusting First, of, of course, I'm trusting that person with my heart, but ultimately I'm trusting God with my heart because again, people are flawed. They're not necessarily going to, you know, they're, they're not perfect. They're not always going to be there when we want them to be there. They're not always going to say what we want them to say or what we think they should say. But if we believe that God is ordaining that relationship, again, I want God to ordain my friendships too. If God is ordaining that relationship, that friendship, that you know, that bond, that tie, then he is ultimately the one that we're trusting in those moments as well. So realizing that, like, we can't expect people to be perfect. Of course, we want them to, you know, have integrity and honesty and to be trustworthy, but keeping in mind too, that they're flawed, just like we are. So they may not always be there when we call, you know, and, and they may not always be able to pick up the phone. They may not always say the things that we want them to say, but we are, we are trusting God in that moment, just as much as we're trusting the person, if that makes sense. Right. Um, you know, I always have to kind of remind myself that too, because you feel like I'm investing this energy and this time in, in, in developing, developing this intimate relationship with this person, but reminding myself that they're, they're, they're going to miss the market times too. And that's okay. That's a part of life. So. Right. Yeah, but those are all obstacles that we face. So let's talk about developing intimacy in our romantic relationships. Like how do you develop intimacy in those relationships? Definitely spending time, just like you would spend time with God to try to develop a more intimate relationship with him. You pray, you uh, read your Bible, you do praise and worship. Um, when you're talking about a significant other or a romantic relationship, you ha you have to spend time with that person in order to develop that intimacy. Otherwise, what you doing? Like, <laughs> if you're not spending time, and it has to be quality time, not just like uh, let's just sit down and watch a TV show together or watch a movie. You gotta actually talk to that person and spend quality time in yeah. order to build that intimacy. That's what I was going to get at because oftentimes you have people that are spending time together. They're going out on dates, they're going out to dinner, they're, you know, watching movies, they're spending time with each other, but they're not being intimate. So like, what does it mean to be intimate with someone when you're spending time with them? You know? Right. 
I would say, and like you said, prayer, prayer honestly is one of those things that will instantly make you intimate with somebody. Prayer is like an instant, you know, relationship builder when you are, and not just praying with someone, but praying for someone. When you spend time in prayer um, regarding a particular relationship, it creates those, like we talk about how sex creates those soul ties, like prayer builds those spiritual ties where it's like, okay, I, I, love this person, you know, because you are warring on their behalf or you're warring with them and, um, and not with them, like against them, but like warring together with them, um, you know, and petitioning the father on, you know, on their behalf or behalf of others or what have you. And so like prayer is one of those things that's incredibly important when it comes to building intimacy because it builds those spiritual ties. And so I always encourage, um, you know, relate romantic relationships, you know, even having friends where you're, you know, let's pray together. Let's pray for one another because you can't be mad and hate on somebody and, you know, be jealous of, or what have you, somebody that you are praying for because, when you pray for someone, it gives you that compassion towards them. It helps you to see through God's eyes that person. It helps you to love that person unconditionally. Like prayer is just an incredible way to build that intimacy. Um, I would say um, other ways too that you can build that type of intimacy in your romantic relationships is of course being honest with one another. But I think there are like real um, exercises that you can do too. And some of these I know Chris and I, you know, were introduced to when we were like doing premarital counseling or what have you, where you literally just take time to honestly ask one another, you know, like, what, what do you, what do you need? Or how can I support you at this time in your life? You know, um, what, and it could be whatever they're going through, if, if it's regarding their career, if it's regarding, you know, health, if it's regarding their family members, how, how can I support you during this time? What, what do you need from me in this season to, you know, support you all the more, you know, even if it's just around the house, but like having those types of conversations, I think is really good. Um, learning about one another's love languages, I think is really good. And then um, once you've learned about that person's love language, seeking to love them in their language, not your own language, I think that's really good because as you seek to love a person the way that they want to be loved, it helps them to drop their defenses. You know, um, I know another thing that Chris and I do, and it's just really simple, but we kind of have this routine where when he gets home from work, it's, you know, it's the tell me about your day. How was your day? And we really just share with one another. And it could be something as simple as, you know, this person got on my nerves today, or it could be something as deep as, well, you know, God was really sharing with me about X, Y, and Z. But like really having those consistent moments where you kind of debrief with one another and you recap with one another, I think those are really important. And they should be uninterrupted moments where, you know, you're not just, you know, distracted by your phone or you're not, you know, watching TV or a game or something while we're having these conversations, but like they should be like undivided attention conversations. So I think all of those are different ways that you can kind of foster that intimacy and they should be done on a consistent basis, like almost to the point where it's something you, it becomes clockwork for both of you. So yeah. Any thoughts you have on that? I'm building intimacy. Yes. I would say the brain, um, before you know me and Ryan got married you know we of course prayed together mm -hmm. for some reason that is so sexy to me it was so attractive listening to him pray with me over me I don't know <laughs> why but I was like that is so attractive it is. Um, yes so I definitely think it definitely builds intimacy even before you get married um just praying with each other over each other's lives so yeah that's really attractive i was just gonna add that little part no it is girl it's <laughs> nothing like having a man of god like for real like i was just thinking last week it was something that popped up and i mean when we were just chilling it was like a regular day but you know we got a text about something that was going on and 
Chris stopped whatever we were doing. He was like, let's pray. And he went, I said, well, hallelujah. Thank you. I mean, like you just, it's, it's amazing to, and it gives you security knowing that you yes. have someone that has a relationship with God and uses that relationship with God, like goes to God, you know, um, on behalf of others, on behalf of you, on behalf of your family, like that is an amazing thing. And to know that they are genuinely praying with faith, you know, like their prayers are heard their prayers are answered like that's an amazing thing but yeah man yes. men of god are sexy they yeah they are so get you one single ladies get you one, get you one. <laughs> <laughs> i'll say get you a man of god first and yes. foremost get you a man of god so <laughs> anything else on um developing intimacy before we you know transition we could transition to noble character. Okay, that's good. Um, so do you have a noble character this week? I honestly don't I, have one. Go ahead. I do. Okay, so my first person, I have two. Uh-huh. My first person I'm gonna recognize is you, Maya. Oh wow. Thank you, Thank you so much for sticking around with me. Um, even though I know I can kind of when you know when I first met you I probably did seem a little stuck up because I'm so quiet and kind of distant and and observant but thank you for not like Aww. you know putting me off to the side like I don't know about that one <laughs> thank you so much for going along with me on this becoming Eva journey um, you trusted me and I, I feel that we have been able to build a more intimate relationship and more intimate friendship throughout this journey since we started it together. So I wanted to acknowledge you um, and thank you for that. Thank and then- you. Pleasant surprise. Thank you. Wow. I wanted to acknowledge my husband, Ryan, thank for you. consistently building trust and intimacy in our marriage. And even though I was struggling with a little bit of grief when we first met, um, he took his time and was very patient and understanding. And he still is very patient and understanding. And we are still learning um, to, to build more intimacy in our marriage. So I wanted to recognize my husband, Ryan Moore, for always being supportive. That's awesome. That's awesome. I do. I do want to give a shout out to my husband as well. You know, I, I didn't have a, a woman for this week, but I do want to highlight my husband because he has been instrumental in uh, modeling out what it looks like to build trust and intimacy in a romantic relationship in a marriage. And I know for both of us, you know, this is new, you know, like, and not just new, like, of course, well, not of course, but this is definitely our first marriage, um, you know, with one another, we've not had any marriages or anything outside of this one, or before this one, but then also too, growing up, neither one of us really had consistent um, role models or consistent um, couples in our lives, you know, we both have in our in our lineage, um, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of children born out of wedlock, a lot of um, children or or blended families where there are, you know, multiple um, mother, you know, multiple mothers by the same father, or, or multiple um, multiple mothers by the same father, multiple children. <laughs> Multiple children that, um, you know, have multiple mothers, but they have may have the same father or vice versa, where they're, you know, they may have multiple father, it may be a mother that has children with multiple fathers. So I know that's a lot, but all that to say, we both have that on our respective sides of the family where we don't necessarily have a lot of marriages, whereas, you know, one man, one woman, all the children were born inside of marriage by the same man, by the same woman, you know, so we're still figuring this out. We're still trying to do this the right way. And um, I'm grateful that, you know, he's rooted in Christ because that really has been his blueprint, if you will, for modeling out and building trust and intimacy in our relationship. So truly, truly grateful for him. So shout out to my husband, Christopher Dawson, AKA Jeremiah, AKA DJ Jeremiah, whatever you wanna, yeah. So, but yeah, all that to say, 
Thank y'all. Thank you so much. Cool. So last week's BE challenge was to identify which ugly emotions you are dealing with or experiencing and taking one step towards addressing it. Mm -hmm. This week's BE challenge is to identify and take a step towards building trust or developing intimacy in a relationship. Next week is my Secrets of the Sexy and Shameless book release sneak peek. So be on the lookout um, for more information on how you can participate in my virtual book release. I'm so excited to finally release it. It's been finished for a while, but with COVID and planning, of, of a book release has been a little bit of challenge, but we are going to go ahead and move forward with a virtual book release next Saturday at 8 p.m. Facebook Live. So make sure you join us for the Facebook event. And also we're going to do a sneak peek yes. for coming Eva. Yes. Um, Not wait to get all the juicy details. I'm yes. So the coming Eva family you get the details first. And then of course we do the launch later on on that day. Yes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva Today. That's one word. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you guys next week. Bye. See you soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.